On today's Stuncast, we review the Deadly Years. The Enterprise comes to resupply the Gamma Hydra 4 colony, but instead of finding a bunch of young alive people like they were expecting, they find old dead people. After they return to the ship, Kirk, Bones, Scotty, Spock, and some other chick start rapidly aging, possibly to death. With Commodore Stalker and one of Kirk's old girlfriends aboard, the stage is set for a power struggle. Will Kirk lose his command due to age discrimination? Does Scaredy Cat Chekhov hold the key to a cure? Will Kirk's former lover have any effect on the plot? Find out on Set Podcast to Stun! Hello, feeble-minded humans, and welcome to Set Podcast to Stun, the podcast where we explore, explain, and enjoy the Star Trek franchise. I'm Clint the Q, joined by Chancellor Emily Gowron. Kapla. And Captain Corey. Did you tell them I was an admiral? Oh my god, Corey, you look so old. Grandpa Corey, you've told us this story before. Uh, Clint, Clinton, when are you going to introduce me? What? Huh? What? Grandpa, go lay down. Have you heard from Emily lately? She used to call me on Thursdays. Oh, sorry, I must have dozed off there. And uh, now, uh, just... Something completely different. We're gonna start reviewing this uh, this next episode of the original series. So, someone needs to give me a cure so I can stop doing this voice and end the bit. Uh, Capel, Abracadabra, Corey, you've been zapped back to a pre-radiation version of yourself because of adrenaline. Yes, thank yep. you. Was, the keyword was adrenaline. I was looking for that word. Ah, you're pregnant, Boo. and then that just fills you with panic, and you get back to normal. All right, well, that's the episode. That's pretty much everything that happens. It wasn't. It wasn't much better than the episode, like, or I guess it wasn't much. The episode's not much worse than that. I don't know. So what we're saying is, hire us to write for the next Star Trek incarnation. Exactly. Well, they nailed it the second time around in TNG. I thought that was a good episode, but anyway. Oh, yeah, let's I talk- forgot about that. It was, like, basically the same exact episode. All right, well, let's yeah. talk about this I don't, one. I don't think I've seen that one. It's okay. Uh, you probably just forgot about it. It was it was a That's doctor you. It was a Dr. Polanski episode. Polanski. Polanski. That's it. All right. So, uh, yeah, today we are reviewing The Deadly Years. It's the opposite of The Wonder Years. It's like a anti-sequel uh, to it. <laughs> Anti-nostalgia. Yeah. All right, so this episode first aired December 8th, 1967, is written by David P. Harmon and uh, directed by Joseph Pevney, our good friend. Yeah, I was going to say, we've uh, heard that name before, although usually you have more trouble pronouncing it. It it gets easier every time. Mm, Just like this segue into Corey (laughs) telling us, how does this episode open? The the episode opens with... Spock, Bones, Chekhov, a red shirt lady, and Kirk. 
all beaming down to this desert planet. The red shirt lady is Lieutenant Galway. Thank you. I couldn't, I never caught her name. It's one of those things where like you, if you don't catch it when they first say it, then they never like say it again for the rest of the episode. Um, She plays a little bit of a role later on, but yeah, it's, it's our, it's basically the crew except for Scotty. Scotty doesn't really hang out with these guys. Not too much anyway. He has, he has non-work friends, believe it or not. So they beam down to this desert planet and they've been doing something in the show that um, I think TNG improved on because like in TNG, they open with a captain's log and they're like, captain's log, stardate, something. We've beamed down to a desert planet to meet some scientists to give them proctologies. But unfortunately, (laughs) we haven't been able to see them because they're not on the planet. Like you get like some sort of an idea of what like the episode's about, but like the way that they do it in TOS is like they, so they beam down and then someone's like, where is everyone? And then Kirk's like, I talked to the scientists just an hour ago, but I don't see anybody. And none of them were over 30. I love that they hop right into the middle like this. I hated when they were giving this like long winded 20 minutes before you got to the real crux of what was happening. But I did also write they're back on the galactic proctology. It actually bothers me that they're always like, we're there to, you know, meet these scientists, but the scientists are missing. Like, what if it's just like, we're there to meet the scientists, and then the scientists tell us something wild, and that's but it, the they, plot. They weren't there to do butt stuff. They were the, just there checking on them, just yeah. checking on the, the, making sure they're not getting into the too much malarkey. Clint, they making sure they're not doing butt stuff. Space, yeah. space proctology is a, what we call a metonym for... <laughs> The bullshit that they do that we don't really know what they're doing. Um, but like, I I would have loved it if instead of going there and something wacky happens, they're like, we're going there because the scientists said something wacky is happening, so we're going to help them investigate it. Like, you don't always need to do this bait and switch for this. Right. We get it. You're going to have an adventure. It's a coincidence that they're there, right? Yeah, it's always a coincidence. And a beggar's belief. And And... Did you always to that, like any woman that we've never seen before, either um, Spock, Kirk or McCoy knows them somehow. Every woman in the galaxy. I'm like, how? How is that fundamentally possible? And they always had like a long relationship. It wasn't like, (laughs) oh, we, you know, had a weekend together. They're always like, well, this lady's like. You called it off after our engagement. I'm like, what the okay, fuck? But How many people have you been engaged to? I, I just want to do a counterpoint to that. When I was on Bumble and Tinder and stuff a couple years ago, it just so happened that every time I went to a goddamn coffee shop, there was someone that I went on a first date with. And it was just like, are you serious? Every single time. It is Reno. That's just kind of how Reno works. Maybe, though, in the future, they're just really efficient at dating people. <laughs> So yeah, you get on like an app and you meet someone for a five minute coffee date or something and then you move on. Oh, I was thinking they match you with people whose like career trajectories are so similar that they're like, this person's career will also be taking them all over the galaxy. So you can go on intergalactic adventures together. Or you go into the metaverse and then it's just like, you can just fuck whatever you want. <laughs> well, that's that's the, that's what's in, it's a holodeck metaverse. That's why... <laughs> But Card's world is going downhill. It's because they introduced The that. only thing that they need is like to have some other way of knowing people other than boning them. <laughs> Being- like 
I I have lived all over the country. I went to school a bunch of times, and so it's like everywhere I go in the city, I can know someone because they know someone I went to school with, or they dated a friend of mine, or they're a cousin of my cousin, or something weird. So like, why don't they just have Kirk be like, oh, you you know, dated my roommate instead of you dated me, or like, oh, we went to school together. Yeah, like, we're in no, this class. Yeah. We were in the science fair together. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway. We got that out of our system. I'm just So all, all I want to say is I like a captain's log because I don't have to pay that close attention because, yeah, I just, I don't, I, I don't like learning stuff slowly out of context because we don't actually learn why they're there until after the first commercial break. And also but anyway, so they go down to this planet. They're looking for scientists. There's no scientists around. They start looking around. Chekhov goes into another building to see if there's any scientists there. He screams. Everyone... Keep that in mind. He screams. It's going to be very important later. Very scared. He, uh, everyone runs into the building where Chekhov is and they see it. Is, a, is but, he wearing a wig? That's my question. He has never worn a wig as far as I know. And his <laughs> hair looks great. There is a dead body on a pedestal. And it's like a the dead body looks all dead and zombie like. And old. Yeah, super old. And just then a bunch of old people wander in. They're like. Who are, oh, they're here to pay respects to our friend. And then Kirk's like, what are you guys doing here? Where are the scientists? Eh, speak up, shuddy. And then Kirk asks how old they are. And what does he say? I'm 28, sonny. And this is my sexy wife. How old are you again? And she says 27. She's so, looking good for 27, though. They look old. They're like in their 90s. They look super old. Uh. And then that's our dramatic music. There's like a zoom in on them. I'm 29 years old. And then we get our opening credits. Uh, I will say, though, this like planet is very simple, but I like the way they did it. Uh, it had like an orange sky and purple trees. And it was, a again, not a really elaborate set, but it just did just enough strangeness to make you be like, oh, this is an alien planet. It, it was a handsome planet. A handsome planet. Wow, yeah, it's a okay. handsome planet. Yeah, I like that, Clint. Yeah, very good-looking planet. Very alien. So the next scene is in sick bay, and yeah, these are the scientists. Surprise to no one. They have suddenly aged really quickly. They're all dying of old age. I think they all die, right? We don't really see them later in the episode. Yeah. yeah. And they ask before they die kirk's like what happened and i couldn't really hear what the person was saying the was guy like, is just like my wife was really hot she was so bonable <laughs> that's all he says we used to do it everywhere and then they go to the briefing room because this is super weird and no one has any clue what's going on. McCoy's like, I don't know. They just, they look really old. There's nothing in the atmosphere. And someone's like, maybe it was the Romulans. And then Kirk slams the table and he's like, I need theories, damn it. What's going on? Also in the briefing room is the Commodore and his wife? No, nope, just, just a different person. Just a different person. Okay. Dr. Just Janet Wallace. Who is like, got this big Barbie bouffant hairdo and she's wearing like not professional clothes so it's like oh man kirk's love interest here we that, go that is professional clothes in in the time period in the the 2260s that's what all the professional doctors wear even the men doctors just mccoy he he refuses to wear 
proper medical, like standard medical attire. And now he just wears super old stuff. I'm a simple country doctor. I'm an old country doctor. Mm. Um, but it's I think it's Commodore Stoker. Stalker? I think it's Stalker. Stroker. Stroker. We could call him that. Anytime what what Star Trek has has taught me is if I ever have to meet a Commodore in real life, I'm just gonna like strangle them first thing. Nothing this Commodore trouble. this Commodore is very nice. He's a good man. He has a good heart. And I'm not setting up a joke here. He's like a good person. He's incompetent. He's not incompetent. He's never been. We'll get there. Okay. The uh, any Commodore is gonna fuck up the ship. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean they're not. You you need a captain to run a ship. What was what was that commissioner from Metamorphosis? It was like Nancy Cartwright. I don't think that's right. I don't know what that. The is. lady that does the voice for Lisa Simpson. No, oh, that's it. I don't know. <laughs> or Maggie. A person. Or but whoever. No, that's- that's um oh my gosh what is her name it doesn't matter but anyway hardly um it was like her name was like commissioner nancy or something she had the good sense just to die just to be quiet the whole episode and then die that's what i want from all the commodores it's just is to be quiet and then die yeah (laughs) it's what i want well you know this will continue watch out yeah no kidding uh Wow. This will continue into TNG as well. If like an admiral comes on a ship, like a mm. lot of the times they've been compromised. And I don't know what that's trying to say about like, it's really the people like, you know, in the middle, the people in that the are trenches. like running the ships that are the people you can trust. Like once you get up to a desk job, you just become a bureaucratic uh, dinkhead. Yeah. It's really, really middle management is the only people you can trust. Dinkhead is a great word. Okay. So, um, there's like, she stays after the briefing and she talks to Kirk. I don't want to talk about any of this because they spend a lot of time in the episode talking about it, but there's no point to it whatsoever. It does zero things to the plot. It's not like she figures out how to cure the old person disease. She is literally just a background character that Kirk has scenes with sometimes. Oh man, wrong? you're so right. She didn't do anything this she entire did nothing. episode. Yeah. But All like, she did was have a fetish for old people. That's the only time gross. she started. And I was like, what is this joke? Because her husband is 30 years older than her, right? Her and... late husband. Oh, yeah. Also, she's an expert in endocrinology. Wink. <laughs> like, everything about her was just like sex jokes. I mean, she wanted to get endo Kirk's chronology. If you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, especially when he was at the end of his chronology, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. They had a, a moment there where he's like, you only want to have sex with me because I'm old now. Yeah, yeah he basically, no, he basically he says like, that. Yeah. He 100%. He's like, wait a minute. How much older was your husband than you? And she was like 32 years. And I was like, 32 years? 32 years? Lady. Whoa now. She whoa, was like, whoa, whoa. Well, I'm not denying that. I'm not here to tell people who they can and can't love. I mean, look at Dick Van Dyke and his wife. His wife's like 30, 40 years younger than him. And they seem to have a happy marriage. Ugh. Well, he's rich. So is William Shatner. Okay, so they go to the bridge. And Kirk's like checking in on the investigation because they got to know how these scientists started aging so quickly. Like they aged in an like within an hour, I guess, because Kirk had just talked to them before they went down to the planet. 
there's a bunch of theories. Maybe it was a comet that passed by recently that did it. Um, then Kirk tells Sulu to survey a nearby system. And what does Sulu tell Kirk? Oh, yeah. You already told me this. Uh-oh. Kirk is repeating his orders and he doesn't remember. It never happened. <laughs> then we go to Kirk's quarters and we have a nice shirtless Kirk scene. And while he's putting a sh- Oh, yeah. And this time you see his belly button. We got to set the goalpost. You know, we got to be like, this is where he starts. He's young and he's hot and he's shirtless and it's all down. Yeah, although here. he is, he is talking shirtless and then he turns around and he's like, oh, my back hurts. Yep. <laughs> and Lieutenant yep. Galway, there's a scene where she goes in and she's like, eh, Bones, I can't hear. <laughs> this is, a, it's another reason why Bones is such a terrible doctor because he's like, she's like, I'm having hearing loss and he's, and he says, oh, it's probably nothing to worry about. Just go about your day. Do you guys remember? Um, yeah, 100%. That- she's like, hey, can you check me out? And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little drunk woman. right now. It just might be your month, Liz. <laughs> You're just having hurts. hysterical deafness. That's what women yeah. get. <laughs> Sometimes that happens when they've been knocked up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'll be here tomorrow if you're still a lady or whatever. <laughs> um, do you guys remember in TNG when like Picard was complaining about having a headache? And oh, and they're like, we don't. No one has headaches anymore. Doctor Crusher like freaks out. She's like, she says, we know what causes a headache. If you have a headache, we should be able to fix it and be able to know the cause. And yeah. she's saying that. You having a mysterious headache is a big problem, and it was because I think he's being controlled by a, a, a orb that was telling him to do stuff. <laughs> um, so it was a problem, but just McCoy's just like, "Ah, oh, you're in last, nah." <laughs> Don't gotta but, worry about but it. But soon everyone starts showing signs, like Bones is getting gray hair, and then uh, Kirk like develops arthritis. And then Scotty <laughs> walks in, looking like shit, looks like an oil painting. He's like, "Why did you call me here?" I do like his. I, I like his makeup. Like they, he has nice, like gray hair, but you oh can tell God. his hair is still super black. So just the gray looks really nice up against his really stark black. I hair. found their use of gray face on him very offensive. <laughs> it was so intense. I I literally looked like they just painted an oil painting on his face because i the the makeup varied from actor to actor like i thought kirk's was pretty good um especially when he was like well, in his middle age yeah mccoy kirk's looks like shit they like they like tiptoed into it where he got older and older throughout the episode but mccoy and scotty are just like immediately 90 years old mm-hmm they just got slammed with an age club. Just bam. Oh, yeah. And then after, um, what was her name? Oh, Lieutenant Galway. She's like, I can't hear. And then she's like, I'm super old. Now I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's all the people that went down on the away mission, except for Chekhov. Everyone else yeah, it, is aging. It, but, oh, yeah. Spock is just super cold. Uh, but Scotty was not on the away mission. Okay, so um, no one on the ship got it. There no one on the ship. People, yeah, yeah. So I guess okay. Spot, Spocky Scotty was down there. Spocky. So people are aging at different rates, 
Um, they don't know why Chekhov isn't being affected. Um, the Commodore's, or I'm sorry, not the Commodore's wife. Hold on, let me read this note really quick. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Dr. Barbie. Dr. Barbie Wallace. I just want to jump in and talk about che- uh, Chekhov because he's not oh. affected and he's having all these tests run on him and he was complaining. He's muttering about it on the bridge. Oh, I know. T- give me another. I want another blood sample check off. Oh, let's have a skin sample check off. And I'm like, man, you're you're pretty cranky for someone who's not rapidly aging to death right now. Like, yeah. I want to be like, eat shit check off. I hope your wig burns because you're like your friends are dying and you're like bitching about having to spit into a test tube, you dickhole. Take one for the team. Come on. <laughs> You're bitching worse than McCoy. So they're testing Chekhov because obviously they he's not affected, so they want to find out what's going on. Uh, the lady runs into Kirk again, and she's like, I'm still not over you. But at this point, Kirk has like, his hair is like a half, half gold and half gray, and he's like a big bald spot on top, and he's that aging looked, gracefully. That looked really good. I liked his, it did bald, good. his baldiness. That was pretty great. <laughs> I liked uh, that Bones's accent got stronger. Mm-hmm. Like the older he got, the more Southern he got. And at one point he tells Spock, I'm not a magician, Spock, just an old country doctor. And I was just, There's nothing more that I want in my life than that as my ringtone. I kind of wish, though, because uh, later in the episode, uh, Spock complains about being cold. And he, you know, McCoy responds with that magician gem. And it's uh, it's just like get a get a sweater, Spock. You know, like you can't just suggest that McCoy. Got to be a jerk about it. Everyone's just kind of bad at their jobs, except for Spock and Kirk on this (laughs) ship. I think. So back on the bridge, Kirk is starting to demonstrate that he's not fit for command. He keeps repeating orders uh, like four or five times. And it's like a whole, every time he does it, like everyone pauses and they're like, you just asked me to do that, Captain. So they're really trying to run out the clock a little bit because this plot is not super complex. I will say, I thought senile Kirk was hilarious. He's like, "Uh, Sulu, 20,000 cc's of speed or whatever. And then he's like, all right. And then he's like, turns around and signs something. And then he's like, the 20,000 cc's of speed and they're all like and he's just like what why are you looking at me like he immediately just gets combative and shitty and it's so like it's funny let me sign that report I haven't signed it yet oh you have signed it no I haven't it's your signature it's funny but it happens like like five or six times and like you like I said they're running out the clock because uh, there's not a lot that goes on. Yeah, it's just and then, sad. And the, yeah, and then I was gonna say they do this like he we gotta have a hearing because maybe you're not fit for command. And then it is like <gasps> heavy sigh. Okay, this plot. And then it does get sad. He gets like really into dementia, and you're like, oh man, this is a huge bummer. Yeah, the Commodore goes up to Spock, and he's like, oh, because they have to like wake up Kirk. Like they go up to Spock. <laughs> he goes up to Spock, and he's like. Hey, I don't think Kirk is able to run this ship anymore. Um, and, and in my opinion, I think the Commodore is 100% correct. Like, Kirk is not, he does not have the wherewithal to run the ship. You shut your mouth, Corey. 
Why would you take a man's true love away from him? Just after a little couple mistakes, you're going to kick him off his own bridge? And then we move to the hearing, a.k.a. the time filler. There was (laughs) no point to have this hearing whatsoever. Good Lord. So Kirk says he finds this whole hearing invalid, but they all like convene in the briefing room. The Commodore's all apologetic. He's like, I don't really have a choice in doing this, but I, I have to. You're clearly not fit for command. Spock leads the inquiry and they bring in a bunch of witnesses. Sulu admits that Kirk has been repeating orders. Uh, a Yaoman says that Kirk forgot to sign an order. Uhura says that Kirk used a different, the wrong code to refer to something. McCoy's computer's like, he is 75 years old. I will say it was good character acting from like Uhura and uh, Sulu. I don't know why I can't remember his name. Like it was a good moment where they are kind of like, you can tell they don't want to like betray Kirk, but they're also like, we have to tell the truth and, um, the actors really killed it. And yeah, uh, there is a little bit of plot point in Kirk being like, use this channel to send a message. And Ohura's like, dude, I just told you that the Romulans are on that. It's not a secure channel. We can't change, like, show that message. So they are building in some <laughs> scenes to show that Kirk is like maybe putting them in risk. It's just such a boring, the whole court case is so boring because I just feel like it has no stakes or impact later on right you like you know that even if it happens temporarily he's gonna get command back immediately yeah yeah so it's just like there's no drama like it just feels like there's no stakes in this in these scenes but also like kirk is being way overly stubborn he could be like you know what i want to help out with the investigation you guys are right i think i should recuse myself uh, let's get someone else, like a younger... I don't know why they. it goes right to the Commodore. Like, they have a chain of command. It's not just, like... Maybe that's why they made Scotty get old, because he would, would usually take over. Yeah. Well, I think if it makes sense in my mind that if the captain is not fit, then it's the next highest ranking, and that would be Commodore. But that's why this disease... This condition is so insidious because you don't know you're getting really old and you're losing your faculties. Because that one guy, he was just like, yeah, I'm 27 years old and there's nothing wrong with either of us. Surprise, a spring chicken I am. So, yeah, but like during the meeting, during the hearing, they like age 10 months just in that time alone. Like they're wasting time not doing the investigation. What does he say? He says it's 30 years a day. Every yeah. day oh you age 30 years. Sure, it's like whatever. Jack. Wait, no, it's the opposite of Jack. Wait, no, it is like Jack with Robin Williams. Yeah. Oh, it is like that Jack. movie. Yeah, but even faster because it's in the future. So everything is more. They do find out. It's like Benjamin Button, but reverse of that and faster. <laughs> what other movies can we name where people dumbest, get old really quick? Dumbest joke you've ever made. <laughs> Doctor Who. No. Yeah, there's he just the dies where... and then becomes a different person. No, spoiler! The one... I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> there's the one where his nemesis, who's also a time lord, captures him in a cage and makes him age really fast, and he just gets like, I... a tiny old Dobby. I am going to ban any Doctor Who discussion. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, we do find out that the uh, it was the comet. That was the theory that was the correct. The comet's tail had radiation in it that made everybody sick. We don't get much more than that, right? We're just damn like, that radiation. It was yeah. a comet. That's what it was. Oh, and that's why Chekhov, because he ran into the building, and that's when the comet passed by, and that's why he didn't get the radiation because no. it was inside. Absolutely the Absolutely not. That is not what that's happened. That's how radiation Emily. works. Wait, what? No. Did it's you watch the episode, works. Emily, or did you read yeah. the Wikipedia? The no, first I did watch seventy-five percent of it. Shut up. That's like a whole thing. They're like, that's why he's not aging. No, no. it's not. What? Uh, maybe I stopped paying attention. I thought that was a thing, and then they're like. Uh, Lieutenant Galway died so fast because she had such a fast metabolism. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. That's why she did die. And she's a woman. She doesn't have a strong constitution for aging quickly. Um, but Wait, why did Chekhov not get the comet radiation then? We he are got gonna... scared. Yeah, he got scared. It was oh, the adrenaline. He had the adrenaline. Oh, okay. Maybe there yeah. was a line where they're like, was it because he was inside the house? I don't know. He uh, When he saw the dead body, because he screamed, he had a rush of adrenaline and they figure this out later when they're all basically almost dead because after the, after the hearing, everyone's like, yeah, Kirk, you can't be in command anymore. And Spock has to go break the news to Kirk and Kirk's like, you traitor, I hate you. And I never want to see you again. And then they're like hanging out in the next scene for some reason. Yeah. He, cause he forgot he said it. That's why. Oh, also at the hearing, after everyone gives their evidence, Kirk is like, Kirk gets up and he's trying to give an impassioned speech, but he keeps like flubbing his like his lines. Not William Shatner, just Kirk is not speaking well. And then afterwards, he's like, eh, "Ask me any question. I can answer any question." And then everyone just kind of looks down awkwardly. I thought that that was a <laughs> yeah. cool scene. I like that it. was that was the scene where it starts feeling really sad. Where he's like, "Come on, eh, eh," and you're like, "Oh no." It is a real. This scene is a really great allegory for how we treat the elderly. No, it's not. <laughs> Sorry, like I thought Emily like was going to say something. Rousing silence. Oh, I, well, I thought you were going to go on in your explanation. But no, you it's just, we treat old people horribly in society. I just wanted to call attention to that. It's a pretty shitty connection, Clint. I don't think there's any merit there. <laughs> but maybe there's well, a... Well, to be yeah. fair, if you can't see or understand what's going on, you shouldn't be driving. <laughs> Or in command of a starship. Because now yeah, the Commodore, true. the Commodore is in charge of the starship, even though he doesn't know what he's doing. He's a pencil pusher. Uh, Kirk is pissed off about this, obviously. So anyway, we go uh, commercial breaks, then bam, suddenly everyone's like 10 years older. It's, it's time has a little bit of time has passed. Spock, McCoy and Bones are talking. They talk about the whole, hey, why didn't Chekhov get it? Oh, wait, he saw the dead body. And then they're going to make an adrenaline compound. Just as they start making these these nonagenarians start making this uh, adrenaline compound, the Commodore, who's now in charge of the Enterprise, decides to go through the neutral zone for some stupid reason. It's, it's a shortcut. Oh, because they were supposed to, the whole time, they were supposed to be going somewhere to rendezvous with someone for some reason. They needed, he need, for some reason, he needed to get back to... Um, Starbase 10, I think it was, for oh, like a meeting. He's no, he said my blue apron arrived and yeah. it can't be outside for more than eight hours or else it goes bad. Yeah, I know it was like it was supposed to be this like ticking clock in the background, but it again, I was like, I don't care. Obviously, none of us can remember what it was. 
So they're in the neutral zone. The Vulcans start shooting the Enterprise. The Commodore doesn't know what to do. Uh, the, the Romulans start attacking them. And not the Vulcans. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Vulcans. The oh, sorry. <laughs> wow. Just turn on your own countrymen. What was I talking about again? Okay. They make the compound while the Enterprise is under attack. These old, these old men. And then there's the whole scene where it's like, uh, it's not ready yet, Kirk. Give it to me. We have to save the ship, but it could kill you. Just do it. And then they they restrain him and they give him the adrenaline shot. Um, and he's like much older now. They like put his like bunch of clay on his face. So he looks like. Okay, but like here's a, a, a problem I had is like you're under attack. Your ship is about to explode. Wouldn't that be giving you enough adrenaline? But apparently not. No, it needs to be very concentrated, right to the heart, like in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I thought they needed scarecrows just to scare everyone. I thought that was going to be their solution. He's like, oh, we need, he was scared. He's like, let's get some scarecrows and scare all of us. I agree. I wish that they'd got like a picture of a black cat and showed it to him. Well, yeah, because we all know that all humans have a deep racial memory of being afraid of black cats, mm-hmm. no matter how fluffy they are. I would also like that uh, solution because, like, Spock can't get scared, so he just has to die. <laughs> Jeez, that's dark. <laughs> I don't have emotions. I don't get scared, so I'll just resign myself to my fate. Clint, I'm finding it hard to bounce off of you today for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just solid logic. You can't you can't argue against pure facts, Corey. <laughs> Uh, did you notice when they gave Kirk the old Kirk, the adrenaline shot, we just, we don't see his face because they didn't want to show like a transformation. So they just show his crotch, like humping up and down (laughs) off of the operating table. Uh, and then he becomes young and, uh, Dr. Barbie Wallace is like, oh, somehow not as uh, alluring anymore. (laughs) Never mind. There was supposed to be a scene where, um, Kirk is running from sickbay to the bridge and he's like gradually growing younger. And then when he arrives, he's uh, as young as he's ever been. Oh, that would have been fun. Yeah. And, but it was like cut for time. I'm like, why would you like, that was probably like the only reason to watch this episode is like, how how would they do that with 1968 technology? I think it would just be like, you see him one scene and then like, he would, you know, like, go oh, past yeah. a column and they yeah. splice in you know him being younger oh that'd be cool he's like like in the first one he has like a walker and he's just slowly shuffling and then in the <laughs> next cut he has like a cane for some yeah. reason like where did he get that oh no he breaks the walker into a cane <laughs> and then in the third cut he just throws the cane and he just starts and he, he sprinting. hits a red shirt in the face <laughs> and he steals that guy's like tight red shirt and he puts it on and then he, the next time he goes past the column and he's jogging and he just takes water out of someone's hand and splashes <laughs> it in his face. It would be perfect. And so, yeah, it's really dramatic. Like the Commodore is about to surrender to the Romulans and then Kirk just like bursts in there and he just starts barking out orders and everyone smiles. It's Kirk. And he, oh God, I thought the way, I th- okay, what? 
What do you want? One of you want to take this? The way he resolved the rot, they're surrounded by ten Romulan warbirds was, I thought, the laziest goddamn way that they could do it. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was such a silly little callback. I thought it was super fun. I was super into it. It was dumb, but it was also the best part of the episode. I thought it was clever, and yeah, it was a great callback. So, um, but what happens is. Kirk calls over Uhura and he says on channel two or using code two, tell Starfleet that we've installed the Cobra Knight uh, device and we're going to explode and we're going to take out all these mother effing fake Vulcans out. And That's he really does say Romulans. mother effing. And I didn't yeah. think they were allowed to say that on TV back then. You get one well, per, they one per series. Naval, so all, yeah. all bets are off. No, so he, yeah, so this is a callback to the thing O'Hara said. Yes, yeah, where uh, Code 2 is broken, and so Uh they know they're all listening, and when he says that, they're like, oh no, he's still uh, senile, but then he's like, winkity wink, oh, and then everyone's like, wait a second, he's crazy. The maneuver. Crazy Hmm. like a fox. That's like that other episode we were in. He threatens to blow the ship up. He starts like like heading towards the Romulans. They get freaked out and they dry, They fly away. And then before they get wise, Kirk decides to go into warp A and just turn around and then go as fast as he can in the other direction, escaping. Yep. And the Commodore's like, boy, I sure am glad you figured that out because I'm a big dummy. <laughs> and everyone's back to a normal age except for Spock. The end. They don't fix Spock. They don't. He's just going to be old forever. He's so he, he increasingly can... in every episode. He's just like, I'm so cold. Can't someone help me? Why is this happening to me? <laughs> he's just now in the background of every episode, just shriveling and getting older. Dude, <laughs> People are just ignoring soup. him. <laughs> so that's it, guys. Yeah. Do you guys, uh, you guys want to launch into the review of the episode? Sure. All right. Um, usually... Wait, let's let's do the oh, let's do it out of uh, Pediasure. Okay. Remember, oh, remember. like four out of four Pediasures. No, I'm sorry, Ensure. Ensure. Oh, right. Oh. Four out of four Chucky Ensures. I'm gonna give this episode like two Ensures out of five. What about you, Corey? Uh, I, jeez, I don't know. Um, it's like, it's memorable. Like, I will remember this one, the one where they got old and inspired a Futurama episode. Um, it was watchable for sure. I'm really torn on it. I don't think I would recommend it Yeah, because it's just not that interesting. Like nothing happens. I just thought it was such a boring episode. Like it's a cool concept. People getting older. It's a, it's a fun trope. But I just thought it was so boring. The trial takes up so much time and it's useless because it just tells you stuff you've already seen happen. And yeah, yeah. You, yeah. By virtue, you know, just oh, good. And you just know that, you know, once they get healed, it's not going to mean anything. So you're just like, yeah. By virtue of like they didn't save the colonists, they didn't explain what the com- like what was with the comet. That lady had no role. It just like there was no meat in the script at all. So I'm gonna say same like two out of five. Like it's interesting, but I would never watch this one again. Emily, what do you think? 
I'm going to give it four out of five insurers. Wow. And I'll explain why. Uh, one, I thought it was really fun to watch. It was just goofy. Um, but I will also recognize the legitimacy of your two cans because it has all those problems that really have plagued Star Trek. It has a soggy middle. It has false stakes. It like does all these things that we don't want it to do, even though the actors are acting the heck out of stuff and they're playing with a fun trope and the set design is getting better. It, they're just falling back on these like old patterns that are sh- shit patterns. Soggy middle. Kirk has to be the hero, however improbably. Everybody wants to fuck him. It's getting to feel like plot recycling. And even me just saying that feels like plot recycling. And so at least if they're going to do that, I just want them to have fun with it. And I guess they did. Do we have any like ideas for rewrites? I mean, I don't really have a rewrite specifically. I would just have suggestions. Uh, I would tell them to go 30 years in the future. Watch the TNG episode that has the same premise. Yeah. And then do that. See, what I was thinking was they don't like, I don't know what the episode's trying to say about aging because you'd think it'd be like, oh, like you might be, your, your body might not be as useful when you're mm-hmm. 80, but like your mind, you still have wisdom and you, you can like use that. Cause I thought that's how the episode was going to end where like yeah. Kirk was still going to be old, but he was like, I can't use my body, but like, I remember this one time I did this and he t- tells them about it and they try it out and it works. It but was... there's like, there's no value to being old in this episode. You mm-hmm. were a hindrance. Yeah. It was a little incoherent. Like the comet could have been slowly turning them into lizards and it would have been the same episode. Mm-hmm. But much it better. would have it would have been interesting if like the scientists called them and was like, hey, something weird is happening. We need you to help help us. And they got there and one of them died. And then they were like, one by one, this is like happening to us. We need you to help us. And like, instead of dying right away, this old person came and Corey, maybe what you're saying, people are like, you're old, sit down, we'll solve it. And he's like, no, I'm still a great scientist. And it did become something like that where they figure out a cure of something through their own like science and they develop a vaccine or something and the old person helps despite people like, being snide about him or something. Literally anything. Like they could have watched that old scientist just like like sitting with like mixing up his prunes, you know, and then they're like, wait a second. That's mixing. it. We need to mix something. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. Anything. Could have been anything. I, I want, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I want more techno babble. Like, I want them to create a solution that's not, you gotta feel your feelings or you gotta not feel anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I want it to be, we've discovered this compound uh, or it's reacting in this way, but, you know, our ship fuel can do this or I don't know. I, I want. I want like more faith in human intellect and not just human emotions. It it was like the same sort of solution when there were the snot rocket aliens that Yeah, and the killed jizz Kirk. plants. Yeah, but it's just like Kirk riffing, you know, he's just like, "Wait a second. He was in a thing. 
and uh, he was scared and then wait a minute did some ancient knowledge back in the post-atomic age they used adrenaline to blah 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 and this so. is why I think they need to let Kirk not be the hero because if Kirk has to save the day every time, he's going to save the day in the exact same way. You know, they can't have this solution that's based on science if Kirk has to be the one to figure it out. I want to talk about McCoy's accent. <laughs> I know we talked about it just a tiny bit, but like he did this when he got drunk on the mint julep. And I don't know if this was like a really subtle character choice where uh leonard bones mccoy whatever his name is he grew up in the south he changed his accent when he went to college just like daniel radcliffe and he like made a concerted effort to speak with a midwestern accent but when he's drunk or when he's like losing his mind like he starts to like revert back to that i think that's Mm -hmm. cool but if it's just whenever uh the actor jesus i can't think of people's names today whenever he starts to ham it up he just like drifts into a southern accent like i don't i don't know which one it was i feel like that was a conscious choice to make his accent um grow more more thicker and more noticeable as time goes on in like situations where he's not in his right mind he reverts yeah. to kelly that's his name the forest kelly thank you I like I like that first proposal you had that he consciously tried to break it down and then you know when it is like you said he's not in full command of his faculties then it comes back. Uh I like that it, like storyline quite a bit. The last thing I want to bring up is I can't believe no one has said this yet that William Shatner looked better at 90 than he did at 80 in the 1960s. Like he looks better than oh they God, like projected looks... him to look. Yeah. Real life Shatner looks incredible. And the same exact thing happened with Patrick Stewart because at the end of TNG, they show him as an old man and he looks like garbage, but like Patrick Stewart today is a very, still a handsome, you know, person. I mean, he I looks, think I mean, this... like he, it doesn't seem like he's he's oh, seems like he's aged five years versus 20 or 30 years since TNG yeah. ended. I mean, to bring it full circle, this goes back to what Clint says, which is that we treat old people terribly in this culture because anytime we have to age them, they become these decrepit old mummies. And in reality, nobody ages that bad. The second you put someone in an old person makeup, they immediately look 50 times worse than they will in real life. It's true. It's very true. That's why I put myself in old person makeup every morning before I go to work so that if I take it off, people are like, you look incredible today. And I'm like, thank you. See, guys can't really do that. Like, what am I going to do? Like, put on suspenders? You could, oh. you could put old people makeup, give yourself some extra wrinkles. You just got to look up a YouTube tutorial. How yeah, to just take your eyeshadow. Grow take a that, goatee. Take that Scotty steel still and just work off that. Yeah. Man, he looked like he saw some shit. He just walked in there like <laughs> I just saw the ghost, all the ghosts of all the Christmases at the same time. <laughs> I can't stop seeing Christmases. Help. <laughs> that would be a great problem. I don't know why, but like to center a Star Trek episode. It's just like one character. <laughs> Suddenly sees the ability to see all of past, present, all of time, but it's only on one day. They're like, no, (laughs) help me. 
See, this is why we should be writers. Yeah. We did it. Uh, all that's right. All I have. Let's wrap it up. All right. Well, thank short you, everyone. Episode. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it short and sweet, unlike most of our other episodes. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to our our old in the tooth podcast. Um, we Walk love you. I don't know if we should keep doing that, but anyway. We uh, love you. And until we see you next time, keep on trekking. Kapla. Kapla.